Johnny Mnemonic is a notorious cyberpunk film starring Keanu Reeves as a data smuggler in the bleak future of 2021. This was the first time watch for us both, so grab your iPhones and jack in for some mid-90s virtual reality. Welcome everyone to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter and joining me as always is Tara. Greetings, citizens. This is a science fiction movie podcast. We get together and we talk about sci-fi movies. It's that simple. And this is a vote winner. It is also the last of our 90s season. Uh, we've been working through a bunch of 90s movies over the last couple of months. And we're wrapping up today with Johnny Mnemonic. Now, of course, we've not done all the sci-fi movies from the 90s. There'll be another season at some point. There's plenty more to do. But uh, we have to cut it off somewhere. And we got some other things to do in December. So... Uh, we're wrapping up with this one, uh, which I had never seen. Tara, had you ever seen Johnny and the Monarch before? Yeah, I saw it when it came to HBO when I was a kid. So in like 96, probably? Yeah, probably. Some of that? Okay. Uh, I've I heard many things about it. I have heard it derided. I've heard it called one of the worst movies of the decade. I've heard it called many things. Uh, so I'd be curious to see how we both feel about it so this was the first time watch for me uh we'll start spoiler free of course as we always do uh i'll give you a warning before we go into the spoilers at some point uh during the film but uh yeah so oh that's always a good sign when this is the director's only theatrical movie mm -hmm. uh then a tv movie and some music videos and an episode of tales from the crypt and that is the entire hey you watched that show I did, yes, yes. Maybe you'll recognize the episode. Uh, I actually don't recognize it. It's, it's been a while. It's been a while, though, okay? It's been a while since uh, I watched all those episodes. It, it seems like an early episode. It's 1992, so probably mm -hmm. an old one. But anyway, uh, so, yeah, we'll get into into things then. The basic premise of Joy Mnemonic is that we're in the future of 2021. It's a shame we didn't do this last year, because it would have been... I know, we missed it. Yeah, I didn't realize it was set in 2021. But uh, set in 2021, and the internet and data are, you know, ruling the world. Uh, the internet, of course, doesn't look like any internet we recognize. It's this virtual city that the camera can pan through. In fact, the movie starts with a, a tidy old you know, like Some movies will come up saying, you know, Tokyo or something it comes up at the start of this movie we're seeing this like digital world was internet <laughs> 2021 <laughs> i love because at first it looks like you're you're looking at like a highway from like a the point of view of a helicopter or something mm. but it's the information super highway that you're looking at it's the internet <laughs> yeah so that sets the tone and then keanu reeves plays johnny mnemonic uh Oh, his name is actually just Johnny because a mnemonic is a is a role. It is what he it's does title, yeah. for for his living, which is he is renting out part of his brain to securely transport data. Because I, I guess the idea is, is that like data can be accessed via the internet, so to keep it safe and secretive, you have to put it into a person because they can't be just you know you can't just hook up to them. You can't just you know connect to them. So he's like a courier of data in his brain. But of course, once he gets the data that he's getting at the start of the movie, turns out the Yakuza want it, an evil corporation wants it, and he's on the run, he's dodging bullets, he has to try and figure out what the data is and ultimately what to do with it. 
And uh, that is the, the basic premise of Johnny Mnemonic. So, I, I mean, I guess I'll just ask Tara, what, what do you think of Johnny Mnemonic? Well, I, I do remember watching it when I was a kid and thinking that it was a bad movie. Watching it now, I don't think it's a bad movie anymore. I think it's kind of fun. And it's got, like, some really great characters in it, especially Dolph Lundgren. He's so good at it. I, I think the the world, like, the cyberpunk world is actually quite cool. And they take some real leaps with it that I think are, are fun. There's, like, animals and stuff that are hooked into things. <laughs> Only smart animals that can, that can consent in the year of 2021. And, you know, got some things right in its predictions. <clears throat> I'm just trying to... We see a mass protest happen in China. I'm trying to navigate kind of cool. how to respond to this and not just... <laughs> and not just, you know... feel like I'm just mansplaining. <laughs> because... I, I will admit some of the plot's a little bit messy. Because some of the characters, I'm like, I don't know who this is. Ta Tara, I don't think I've ever sat here thought you're as wrong as you are right now. Ten-year-old <laughs> well, Tara didn't like it. Ten-year-old ten Tara is apparently smarter than than thirty bleep no, no, Tara. No, no, no. no I, I watch a lot of bad movies. I know what a bad movie looks like. This, this is terrible. This was movie. shit. This was absolute <laughs> trash. What are you talking about? Actually, the first thought I had, and the first scene with Keanu Reeves where he's talking to someone on a video call, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I suddenly got it because back in the early 2000s on the internet and if you're on message boards and things like that people would make fun of Keanu Reeves people would say he's one of the worst actors they'd mock him call him a plank of wood with a shirt on all those sort of things and I remember How dare they and I remember thinking yeah he's not the greatest but it's a bit harsh he's good in the Matrix he's good in Speed this is the movie this is why people <laughs> made fun of him I get it now because he is terrible in this. And I'm not saying it's all his fault. I'm sure the direction's part of the problem and the script's part of the problem too. But his delivery and the way he delivers a lot of his lines in this feel like a student actor trying to sound cool. And it's embarrassing to watch. Embarrassing, Tara. It's embarrassing. There, are, there is a very short window of range that is Keanu Reeves. <laughs> And the one thing you have to do is make him a likable human being because he just can't not play likable. They do the same thing in The Devil's Advocate, where which is actually a pretty fun movie, and I enjoy that movie a lot. But it's also like, who is this guy? It's, this isn't Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves is a nice guy, so he can't be a jerk. You know, I'm not going to buy that. And in this, whenever he's trying to do the lines to make him sound cool, it's because he's trying to come off as like a badass who doesn't have a heart of gold, and I don't, I don't buy that. There's only there's only one Keanu Reeves. There's he could only play himself. Okay, so that's an interesting analysis of of his performance. I'll, I'll give it that. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of faces in this I was not expecting. There's a lot of recognizable faces. You mentioned Dolph Lundgren. Uh, he's in there. We have Dana yeah, Meyer. He's a great character. Uh, in the film is kind of the, the female lead. We have Ace T in here. Uh, B. Takeshi's in this movie. Takeshi Katano is in this. I was not expecting to see a respected Japanese actor in this, but there he was. Um, who, who does he, who, what is he known for? 
he's a well he's in battle royale which is what i think most western audiences are known for but he's a an actor and a director he's directed a bunch of movies in japan and stuff um some of which have been on my to see list for a long time i know he's done like violent cop and stuff like that but uh, oh, a cop movie a blank cop movie add that to my list <laughs> uh but he he directs and acts in like the same a lot of the same movies is uh, he the one with the um with the the laser whip no 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 he's the he's the Dream? older one he's the one that's in charge oh okay okay yeah all right uh so that's a uh, beat takeshi and then you got udo kier in a small role as well so there's a lot of faces in this that i recognize which i was not expecting uh i, I really thought it'd be keanu reeves and a bunch of uh no names i mean ice tea doesn't surprise because ice tea is usually on trash but <laughs> um, uh yeah i not this time though although he does live in trash what do you mean not this time stop with this this narrative that you're trying to spin here <laughs> i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> this movie's it's not... garbage <laughs> it's fun it's fun to watch it's a cool cyberpunk world this it's was got, a you know... short he set through i was in pit this was like 97 minutes and it felt like three hours long I love I I love the um the prediction of the future of twenty five years into the future, with uh or twenty six I guess from when the movie came out, with like the the internet still requires you to use dial up <laughs> at that time because <laughs> whenever he connects you can hear the dial up noise and stuff. There was a lot of uh. It's funny. There was a lot of old like things that feel dated now, even though it's supposed to be the future. Yeah, uh, it's always like the same little like tiny CD-ROMs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what I will say is that this is uh, the second movie we've watched now. Uh, the last one being the bonus Patreon movie that have used the phrase iPhones uh, to mean like a VR headset because it's like earphones, but for your eyes. Uh, but obviously, right. when we hear the phrase iPhone, we, we think of something very specific <laughs> in the modern world. So it's just funny that two movies from the mid nineties, because uh, Lawnmower Man Two was the other culprit. Uh, check out our mm-hmm. review on Patreon for that. But this movie has a lot of Lawnmower Man in it too. A little bit Lawnmower Two. Well, Lawnmower Man Two came after this, so you could argue that that maybe stole some things. But then you could argue this stole a little bit from Lawnmower Man One. So I mean, yeah, you know, whatever. Well, uh, just because the Lawnmower Man Two kind of has a more cyberpunk future versus yeah. like, the lawnmower man doesn't that says based on a book though i believe so i don't know when the book came out maybe the book predates all of the lawnmower man stuff yeah stuff, w- william gibson but then again Ooh. stephen king wrote uh, lawnmower man's original story so maybe that so i don't know what the what original story came first I, maybe the <laughs> lesson here is simply that th- these both of them have a lot of generic cyberpunk concepts and this in particular does them all very poorly. I think William Gibson wrote like the Neuromancer. I think that's what he's like really famous for. I'm glad you got that mechanical keyboard so we can all hear you going clackety clack to clack. That's why I bought it because I just love the. Yeah, he wrote Neuromancer, and actually has uh, wrote a book called The Peripheral, which is like a new movie i think it's a new tv show on amazon a new tv show yeah yeah i was mildly interested in checking that show out but you know if this is a example of his uh (laughs) of his writing well neuromancer is pretty famous because i think that's also like a cyberpunk thing i think i've vaguely heard of it but i I don't really know much about it uh yeah no i think this movie has uh problems up and down it feels like it's been cut down it feels like a mess in the editing room has been created uh by trying to get it down to a short runtime. 
there's actually like a big thing towards the end of the movie where there's some stuff happening in like the cyber world and they straight up have to have uh, a character the one played by ht has to just narrate and tell us what's happening in it because if he didn't we would have no idea what the visuals were because they're, they're just they're nonsense that they make no sense like they're just uh bad cg fluff uh so at some point they realize this and says shit we're gonna have to have a character just tell the audience what's happening so they understand it um <laughs> you know kind of like a commentator would tell you what the rules of the sports game are if you didn't understand just so you, you know you understand why the why the teams are doing this thing or or why this is happening so well i don't think dina meyer like knows what's happening so i'm sure she appreciates being told doesn't justify the the, the bad movie etiquette <laughs> I, I don't know i think it's okay i appreciated it because i was a little bit lost well you were lost because nothing makes any goddamn sense nothing's properly set up or explained well i mean at the core concept i understand <laughs> yeah the core concept but there's so many like at his at his core it's a very simple concept data is transferred via human brains and these people are called mnemonics that's what keanu reeves is playing right he sacrifices some memory in order to uh, yeah, yeah. Well, install computer we'll, memory. We'll get into that. But then the other part of the premise is that there's like, you know, bad guys after him because they want the data, right? Simple. Mm-hmm. Simple A to B story, bad people after him. The fact that it's in his head's almost irrelevant. If, if this was like a, a physical item he had on him, the plot would be the exact same, right? And that'd be fine. You can work with that. That makes sense. But this movie muddies everything up. And all it really is, is a series of him running into new groups of people over and over again and things just happen and there's, there's very little momentum beyond just oh we've we've met this character for their 10 minute sequence so now we're going to go to the next 10 minute sequence with the next character or group of people that's going to end probably badly uh or at least in a bit of a chase and repeat and repeat and over and over we go uh there's well, two how how is that different from the plot of like bullet train or something else what <laughs> a guy has something people want and he just runs into different groups of people who want the thing from him and it's just overcoming those obstacles to get to <sighs> the final destination you've not seen bullet train no i haven't clearly I'm, I'm judging i'm judging from the trailer how is it different than like minority report then? oh my god what you mean another movie i don't like that much <laughs> well, that's a shame but that's different from Minority Report. i wouldn't compare them at all other than the fact that they're both set in the future um, the chase movie the, he keeps c- trying to get run into these uh, the groups of shady people in the you know this this post-apocalyptic world not quite post-apocalyptic Tara you're missing the point of what I'm saying you're taking what I said and applying it because you can technically apply that to a lot of movies the problem that I'm saying is that that's all this movie is there's nothing else on top of it to actually make it work or feel the driving force from one section to the next uh, I think the characters are pretty good. I would say Johnny no, not. is oh my okay God. character. No, they're terrible. What is this? But <laughs> all the villains are great. Like, no, they're not. No, they're especially shit. Dolph. No, they're, they're, I mean, Dolph is kind of funny. Like, he's the only one I kind of like because it's funny that he's playing this weird Jesus-looking version of himself. But, <laughs> but there's too many villains. They're superfluous. Um, it's unclear what the hierarchy of some of the villains are at times. Uh, there's a portion of the middle of the movie where they're just forgotten about for a large, you know, chunk of time, and then they come back in like nothing's ever happened. 
I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think this is a messy-ass, sloppy movie with lots of bad dialogue and acting, including from actors that I typically might like, right? Because I like Keanu usually. He's terrible in this. He's laughably bad in this. Um, he's acceptable in this. He's cringeworthy. <laughs> I don't know. I like the 90s cyberpunk look to everything, and uh, I think I think it works just fine. In fact, there's a there's a Blu-ray release that came out this year for a black and white version of Giant Mnemonic, and I ordered it after I watched this movie. Well, I don't think that okay. I I don't think that that uh, Keanu Reeves is that bad in the movie. He's terrible. I every, every single like from the very first scene he's in, like he he makes demands when he's on the call, and he comes off as a child trying to make demands to sound tough. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I was getting like secondhand embarrassment watching this. This this kind of felt like, oh god, how is this a year after Speed? I mean, I I know that Speed wasn't this big grand performance or anything, but yeah, I I think they just you know, like I said, Keanu's got a limited range, and you got to make him a likable person through through and through, like in Speed, or like in everything else, you know, two thousand after, you know. Because, I mean, or, like, you can't put him in a period piece film, you know, or, like, a Dracula movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's to be British. He can't do accents. Well, he's bad he in that, too. To, he has to do... He is bad in that, but I, that is a good movie. And I know you don't like it, but that's a good movie. No, I don't like it. No, I, I don't. <laughs> uh, this is worse than that movie, though, from, from my memory. Mm. My memory said it was bad, but maybe because I had low expectations going into it. I'm like, oh, actually, I kind of dig it. Uh-huh. I had fun. You, you can have fun and be like, okay, well, maybe the movie's not up to snuff for everybody, but, like, it's still fun, like, you know? There's nothing wrong with liking a bad movie, but you can't, like, put your foot in the ground and say, no, it's good, because I had fun. I guess. I don't feel like I'm doing that. I just feel like I'm... <laughs> it feels like you are. About Johnny Mnemonic, I, I'm going to tell you I like it. <laughs> 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 this movie's a train wreck. It's I, I I thought this was a this is one of the worst movies we've ever done on this show. Really? Huh. Well, maybe I'll have a different opinion after I watch the black and white version. Do, do, you know, do you know what was a better movie than this? Moonfall was better than this. Oh, Moonfall is great. I would put Moonfall over this still. No, Moonfall's not great. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the point I'm making is that that's not a good movie, but it's still much better than this. Okay, well, you... You gave me an example of a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <I would> you. <laughs> you can admit something is bad, but say you like it for its bad quality. I'm not going to blame you for that. That also had that one had a real bad performance in it. But what though. you're doing that, right that now, was Halle Berry. Ooh. No, <laughs> what you're doing right now is you're doing the Tim Leprechaun. Bet. Also good movies. Where you pretend it's the greatest well, thing ever, anyway. regardless of what I say. I'm hearing you, I just don't agree with you. Or, like, the things that I agree with just don't bother me when it's in a delivered in a package, like Keanu Reeves' brain. <laughs> this movie's everything I hate about... Uh, this is like the worst of the nineties, right? This this has so many qualities of bad nineties movies that it really just like, a, everything about it just feels really lame because it's trying so hard to be cool and isn't. And 
it's really cringeworthy at times. It's got a really sort of cold atmosphere, and not in like a cold, not in like a. It's got like a Blade Runner atmosphere. Like I'm rooting for the characters in this like you know dark world kind of atmosphere. It's just got a really kind of unpleasant quality to it. Where as I'm watching it, I don't enjoy any of the characters. I don't find any of them likable. Right? I don't think Johnny's likable. Um, I don't think uh, Dana Meyer's character is a mistake. Yeah. I don't think Dana Meyer's character is likable. The villains, you know, they're villains, uh, but they're not exactly like cool or fascinating to watch either. So you're left with like no one to really root for in a world that, despite what you're saying, I don't think looks that good. It looks like a low budget '90s movie with a lot of like uh, warehouse sets and like like abandoned office buildings and like uh, the sets were pretty exceptional. I thought exceptional. Oh. I'm sorry, can you point me to, like, a shot outside where you see, like, the, the street and, like, see how futuristic the city looks? I don't remember any shots like that. Well, like, the, the bridge set up for the low-tech gang, like, where they're held up and stuff like that. That looked pretty good. That looked like a typical, like, TV set to me. It was just... Well, no, they had, the only access point is if you can, like, get in through an elevator that's controlled by people and it comes down. And it's, like, a not a traditional elevator. It's more like a a lift for erasing like heavy machinery and stuff or like if you're trying to break in you gotta you, you gotta batman up by the grappling hook and that's kind of a neat setup that's not really like ice tea in the movie i think he was a likable character oh no that was terrible he kind of act he's garbage <laughs> he's kind of fun it's not fun. Buster Rhymes and Halloween Resurrection, this is on par with. That he may have even been better. I'd have to go back and watch Halloween Resurrection again. But that's saying something. If I'm praising Buster like Rhymes and Halloween <laughs> Resurrection, if I'm comparing a rapper at a, a movie role, if I'd Ace, wasn't Ace T in one of the Leprechaun movies? I want to see he was in one of the one of the Hood movies. Probably the first one. So maybe I've only seen the first three. Probably the first one. But I I, I just gold. Mm. <sighs> I hate this review. I hate this conversation. I don't know why I do oh, this. Let's get into spoilers then so we can, you know, so you don't have to talk about it as much because we'll be done faster. <laughs> I hate this. I don't want to talk about it. This is, this is nonsense. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to someone who's deranged and, I don't know, needs professional help. Well, I mean, I do work around lead. And... <laughs> <laughs> I t- <laughs> uh, to, to sum up my thoughts before we get into spoilers, the 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 way this movie progresses and its its plot is so muddy with like what villains are like we're supposed to give a shit about uh with what the actual mechanics of getting the data out of Karyu's head is um all of these things are just so muddy that there's multiple points where I'm like I kind of get what the main point is here but I don't really understand what they're saying they need to do to achieve it because it's just poorly set up and like there's a there's what good writing ultimately is is making it easy to understand what the goal is to the audience without it feeling like you're just delivering like step-by-step exposition for it because that can feel like they're talking down to you so you want to strike this balance this magical balance uh and you know so it's what good writing is where you get that information out there you don't make it feel like it's been you know like fed to you in like a baby like manner but 
it is actually easy to get and you it clicks and you understand it and at least in the context of each scene you completely understand what the point of each moment is and I, I don't know if it's just because we're trying to make everything sound cool so that like there's extra layers of techno jargon and like complex like, little twists and turns to every single thing just to make it feel more cyberpunk but all it does is is make it more convoluted and harder to follow and then you know the actual you know hero villain dynamic is just whatever and I can't emphasize enough just how shit Keanu Reeves is in this movie. And I like Keanu Reeves in many things, but this is this is this is his I don't, you know, his uh shame. <laughs> this is this is the thing that he should be, you know, hiding. This is his Star Wars holiday special that he should be like wanting everyone to like destroy all the copies of so that no one can ever see it again. <laughs> that would be an actual shame. Obviously, I'm not saying that any movie should ever actually have that fate. Everything should always be available, but this is trash. This is this is one of the worst movies we've ever done on this show, and I I cannot believe any of this positive attitude that you have. I shouldn't be surprised. You, you did stick up for Rocket Man. You've stuck up for Moonfall. That's great. You've, you've stuck up for other bad to terrible movies, but this is this is something else whatever <laughs> it was a fun 90s cyberpunk feature uh, with a fun actor fun. and some crazy villains with cool tech and <laughs> a message about big pharma and and pandemics oh, piss off. the message about big pharma it's the same message that all these types of stories have about big pharma it's the exact same message that they all have. Yeah. Don't even start yeah, me on that. Like, this is 95. That's a big... Uh, that's a long time ago. This is some pretty accurate predictions going on here. <laughs> accurate by ours. <sighs> I never want to just say to my co-host, you're wrong. But Tara, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there are people out there who are on my side who agree that Giant mnemonic gets a bad rap, and it's not that it's it's not it's not that bad. Where's uh, my gift from Arrested Development? There are dozens of us, dozens. <laughs> yes, sign off, people, in the comments. This Thank movie's you. terrible. I, this is making me like this is reminding me of how I felt when I saw the 2002 Rollerball, or uh, just other like. There's a certain like tone of bad sci-fi movie from like, the, I guess the mid '90s to about the early to mid 2000s. That this is just like embodying. It's just all of those feelings of just like unlikability that are just wrapped up in a ball. Everything about it is just unpleasant to me. I, I, I like there's nothing. I have nothing good to say about this. There's a couple of bits of violence, I guess, that I in theory should like. I don't necessarily think the effects mm -hmm. are well done, but like well, we see an arrow go through an eyeball. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed it. Well, that's clear. I've established nothing else up to this point. We've established that you enjoyed it. Yeah. No spoilers for Johnny Mnemonic from this point on. Alright. Let's get into the opening text crawl. If you can remember. Oh, it. yes. <laughs> well, I, I wasn't really concerned about remembering the text so much as just the, like, the ridiculous, not font per se, but they, they had this sort of, like, trail back to all the text so to try and make it look cool that i just thought it looked really it did look cool it, looked, 
it looked try hard come on that's oh, i thought it was a, i thought it was a neat way to do the because it's kind of like um you know star wars where it's a crawl instead of just like a bunch of text on the screen which is good because it's like a lot there's a lot of i don't know it. It, it looked like a 12 year old just got windows movie maker and was like oh i'm going to try the different effects and see which one looks or good. like a director <laughs> <laughs> that's debatable with this movie come on <laughs> director apparently he always wanted to make or release the movie in black and white but the studio said no way <laughs> no one's gonna see a black and white movie so I'm excited to see this one. <laughs> I can't believe you bought a version of this movie after you just watched it. I, that is boggling my mind. That is my boggle. If anyone asks what my boggle is, that is my boggle. <laughs> What's your boggle? <laughs> uh, Demolition Man's great movie. It's <laughs> a so good job we're doing a combined 90 sci-fi list when we do our top 25 at the end of the year because uh, I can... What? I can Combined. make I, I can make sure that this uh this travesty does not make it onto the list. I don't think it would anyway, because I have uh, I I went through my letterbox and was like, okay, what do I really like think of these movies? And I've got quite a bit of ones I could pick from from the nineties. Oh, good. That pleases me. And the black and white edition won't count, obviously. Well, that's a twenty twenty two release, technically. Yeah. So it might make my best of the year. <laughs> anyway, Keanu Reeves is so cool. He's got a prostitute. No, I thought, yeah. no, I thought. You're the one who cares about this movie. You need, you need to shoulder the burden here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a cool guy. It's just setting up the world, you know. This world in the future is... The one, the one profession that always survives, you know, is the oldest profession in the world. <laughs> Selling your body for money. He's cool. He's not, he's not. Well, she's like asking him questions about like, so, where are you going? What's the job? And he's not answering. He's being vague. So that's how you know. Okay. He's like an important guy. He's kind of like being established as like a James Bond character, but slimy because it's, you know, a dark underbelly of this cyberpunk future what <laughs> you wanted me to, <laughs> to <laughs> you wanted me to explain it <laughs> I, I, I have regrets <laughs> he wears a tux i mean he's got, or like a suit i was gonna like say it's not like a tux i don't have a bow tie yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah, he calls it care, and he wants his memory back. He had to give up his childhood memories. We don't actually get all the details of this till later, but he had to give up his childhood memories to make room for the data. Uh, which, when he when he goes to like the the meeting place, and he points out that these people are a bit different from because it, it's implied that his usual clients are the rich corporations, but here it's actually a bunch of defectors. Because uh, the the opening text scroll explains that obviously big corporations are in control of everything, but there's like. Uh, I don't even remember what they called them. A virus? No, 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 no. The people, the, like the the people who are resisting the big companies, like the the low tech guys. Is that that's what they called them, right? Low tech. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that was Ice Ice T's gang was called the low techs. I don't know if the ones that we meet in the beginning in China are. 
Well, the ones that begin in China are defectors from the company who want to like reveal that there's a cure for this virus, which is mentioned in the opening text scroll and then isn't mentioned for like half the movie. So when it came up later, I was like, oh yeah, there's a deadly virus going around. I completely forgot about that because... <laughs> half the population is suffering from it. Uh, apparently, yes. Of Earth. Wait, are you trying to tell, tell me this is part of his predictions? I mean... Come on. This Half is... of us have gotten a virus recently. <sighs> this is a virus, though, that's explained by one character as coming from all the tech we have, and that's what's yeah. causing it. It's the all the data going around. too much information. Yeah. It's like, it's like Facebook. It's like humans weren't designed to have this much information at once, and we can't process it, and now we can't... We can't like decipher what's real and what's not real anymore kind of like a virtual reality world huh i mean if the movie was actually trying to say that that would be one thing uh I, 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 that's the that's the problem with this is that because it's using cyberpunk tropes like obviously there's a lot of things that you can say technically like well this fits into this cyberpunk theme and that fits into that cyberpunk theme but the movie's not really actually focusing on any one thing in particular to actually say something about it you know, it doesn't focus on, you know, what you just said there. It doesn't focus on the idea of, like, uh, data being, like, that. I mean, the central idea of it is actually quite good. This idea that data is so precious and the only way to keep it secret of and not have it be copied is to put it into a human and have them be, like, a, a human smuggler of data. Like, that's kind of interesting, but I, I don't think the movie does anything interesting with it. Like, it doesn't do anything that actually uses it in its, its premise to be, like, you know, saying something about uh, how we use data or how we consume data, um, especially since, well, the first thing I thought was, well, yeah, but why why wasn't this, like... Because it, it doesn't just sound like they've smuggled out data that they want to release to the world. It sounds like the company themselves no longer have it because they've taken it, which is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard because it's data. Like, the company didn't have... You know, on every server <laughs> that they, they have. Well, I mean, this is a different version of 2021. Maybe they don't have paper copies of things anymore. No so. cloud backups, perhaps? No. no? I mean, it would have to be on a drive, right? Or in somebody's brain, I guess. Mm. Um, it's funny, because he shows up and they're like, hey, it's 320 gigabytes of data. And I'm like, you know what? I'm sure 320 gigabytes sounds huge in 1995. These mm, days, yeah. not as much. Uh, but it wasn't a silly amount. If anything, it's too big, just in the sense that all it is is data. Like, if it, if it's just information, uh, and it's not like you know video files or anything like that, then the hundred and twenty is actually a lot. Like, maybe they're like three D models or something. Uh, maybe that yeah. Take up a lot of data. Because like, if you have you ever looked at the size of a Word document, they're not <laughs> they're not they're not that big. <laughs> <laughs> a word document like won't even crack a megabyte even if it's quite big <laughs> so you know <laughs> 320 gigs a lot yeah. that is a lot yeah. yeah um and they emphasize like hey like if if it's if that's if your capacity is not big enough for that that's a problem because it can kill you and it can corrupt the data and keanu's like don't worry it's not a problem but he never actually says or says what his capacity is which I thought was a big plot point that was going to come up later, and I maybe I missed something, but I don't think it ever did. Um, they said that normal couriers are like 80 gigs, um, but you can have a special augmentation that can 
double the size of it to 160 but this is double that um so mm. i guess keanu's got a lot of space in his head <laughs> there are jokes to be made yeah there are jokes to be made don't like, no worry there's plenty of space mm. Uh, I giggled when he said that. I mean, I guess that's why it's killing him. But honestly, the way this movie just throws the exposition at you so fast, like, it is impossible to retain it all. There's so much that it just constantly keeps happening that it, it never lets you really settle into anything and really, like, grasp what it's actually telling you. Uh, it's one of the biggest problems that the script has and its pacing has. Uh, but, yeah, the accusers show up. We get, like, a fight scene where they, they kill all the people who hired him to do this job. Uh, this is after they put the information in his head, obviously, which involves a decrypto key, which is like three random images from a TV show that happens to be on. Yeah, kind of like, uh, kind of like what we use today to test if you're a robot or not. You got to click, like, click all the buses or the traffic lights in the, these pictures. Are you trying? Well done, well done, Johnny Nemanis. Piss off! No, no. The false equivalency you're drawing here is is. <laughs> if that that's the one flaw with the new um the new Blade Runner film is that that's how you really are supposed to test if they're a robot, right? Is to all right. Show me all the pictures of sidewalks. <laughs> if you pass, you're not a replicant. <laughs> oh dear. Um But yeah, so we set up that the uh, main Japanese henchman's got this like laser whip thing that he you know cuts off someone's fingers with and whatever although notably it cuts away for the actual slicing you know we see his fingers lying there afterwards but it, it, i wonder if this was edited down from like a, a harsher rating or something mm, maybe we do get some bodies sliced through and we can see like the meat inside yeah it felt weird though. i feel like it was hiding it maybe the effect just looked bad and they, they said, okay we're just gonna like axe it and yeah maybe you know do it off camera uh that's entirely maybe possible the fingers are too specific whereas like a meat bag is not as not not as gory i don't know maybe uh uh but keanu like puts on a disguise he's got like a hat and a wig <laughs> he escapes outside uh just casually walks out the elevator like nothing's going on in the world um and then goes to New York because that's where he's he's been told to go with this information. That's where the rest of the movie takes place. And just kind of one by one runs into different characters. You know, obviously Dana Meyer ends up staying with him uh, as kind of his bodyguard because she helps him out and he owes her money. Uh, he runs into Ice-T early on, but then he pops back up repeatedly later on. Uh, Dolph Lundgren doesn't come into it till quite a bit later. Uh, there's a lot of stuff with the Yakuza early on that's trying to kind of set up the hierarchy there, although I got kind of confused because... So henchman Japanese... So whip Japanese man, we'll call him whip because he's got the the, the laser whip. He goes mm -hmm. to beat Takeshi, who's like the, the boss, right? At least that's what it felt like it was supposed to be. But then there was moments where beat Takeshi was asking him, like, okay, what are you after? Or, or like, what data does he have? And the guy with the whip's like... Oh, I'm not at liberty to discuss that. I'm like, but isn't he your mm -hmm. boss? I don't, I don't understand the the dynamic of this. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, I'll have to revisit that when I watch the black and white version. See if it <laughs> comes through a bit more clear. Because I, I, I was thrown off by that as well when I watched it. I wonder why he doesn't have like clearance to be able to tell him if he's clearly like in charge. Yeah, 
I mean, I think mm-hmm. he says he doesn't know, and he's like, and I think Beat Takeshi accuses him of just bluffing, and it's like oh, you just okay. you just try to cover that you don't know, but it's still the dynamic felt weird to me. Like, why would he even think he could say that, and that would be a, an acceptable response if this is just your boss? I, I don't know. It, it was it was yeah. a bit odd to me. I don't um, know, maybe, maybe it's kind of like a like a Grand Moff Tarkin and Darth Vader situation where they're both clearly like their own bosses, but they also kind of work for the same person. I don't think so, because the rest of the movie kind of plays it like a uh, whip guy wants to, like, backstab his boss and take over. Because mm. he tries to do that at the end. Yeah. By killing him. Well, maybe if, maybe if he feels like he gets the info, then that's all the power he needs. If they can get this data. Uh, yeah, maybe it's yeah, part of his takeover plan. Um, there's a passing mention in this scene that beat takeshi is grieving for someone it never actually says who early on it's not until right near the end where he becomes more sympathetic to joy and the monarch when he realizes what the data is which is a cure for this this disease that's going around because his daughter died from it and he's actually going to side with johnny because he's like no no the world should have this cure blah 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 because uh, yeah the the, the thing with the, the cure is that, oh the pharmacy companies realize they make more money treating the disease than curing it so they don't, they don't want the, the cure to be out there which was the most predictable. Like that that's like every, you know, evil pharmaceutical company story ever. You know? We make more money if cancer still exists than <laughs> than if we eradicate it. Yeah, I guess that's true. It is <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, there's so much money in pharmaceutical companies that it is easy to fall into that that conspiracy theory of like, are they just keeping people sick or are they like making new diagnoses and feel like just so they could make more medicine to treat that. Like I heard that that uh, video game addiction is now like a a thing you can treat. <laughs> with well, pharmaceuticals. That, that, that's exactly why the conspiracy nonsense is a bit weird. Is just like yeah, they, they can literally make up shit like that to charge people for. They don't need like and even even if like they, they have a cure for cancer, it's like well yeah, but if someone gets cancer, it's a once in a lifetime thing for most people. Just charge, yeah. you know, make it a big, make it like a ten thousand dollar expense to like cure it, and just make all your money off the cure. Yeah, well, thought, well yeah, the big one here is the uh, epipens. That's like a huge one here. Is that you know, it's obviously a life saving cure for a lot of people. If they get mm. exposed to something, they can have an allergic reaction to it and die. But epipens are like two thousand dollars. I I don't even know, but they are very expensive for a one time dose, and like. You know, people who have those type of allergies always have to have yeah. them on them. Yeah, they're free here because I know people who have some. <laughs> they just yeah, get them. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like they should be free because they're a life-saving, you know, uh, <laughs> tool. <laughs> uh, but uh, this is this is we're getting away from the movie. This is just to talk about the world. Uh, well, it's in the movie. Yeah, uh, it's it's kind of in the movie. It's it's in the movie in the most shallow, just throw it in there kind of way. Which is the problem with every idea in this movie is everything's just as most base shallow version that just feels like it's complicated because the movie's overly confusing or more confusing than it should be for the premise that it is <laughs> mm. like constantly characters just say they're doing things like there's a scene so after keanu goes to try and beat up udokir which actually udokir gets killed off quite quick by uh laser whip dude he gets uh, whipped through the, the the shoulder into his chest uh, he gets but, double whip yeah and then like slides 
but they they had Keanu tied up, but then he convinces Dana Meyer to like help him escape, and he'll pay her, and she sort of becomes his bodyguard because that's what she does. She's a bodyguard, apparently. Yeah, she saved him from like this Bond villain contraption where he was tied up and stuff, and yeah, <laughs> they were like explaining things to him like he was a like he was Bond. <laughs> yeah, but but after after this, they uh, they end up running around in like the subway tunnels or something for a while uh, just to get mm-hmm. away, and. They, the sewers, yeah. They break into, like, some sort of office somewhere down in the subway or the sewer system. And Keanu's like, okay, I'm going to try and do something. And there's a whole scene of him putting on a VR headset. He, even, you know, he calls them the iPhones. And he, he, he describes all the equipment he needs. And he jacks in. And he's in cyberspace. And he's moving things with his hands. And, like, I have no idea what he was doing in this scene. He eventually makes a call. The second thing he does is he makes a call to someone who's not happy to hear from him. But, like, everything that's happening in this scene is treated like, oh, this is a big moment. He's doing all this stuff. He's going to try and solve something or, like, get to the bottom of things. But the movie's not done enough. And the way it's just sort of thrown things out there is that it just it's just all fluff. It's all just, like, look at him doing sci-fi shit. But we don't actually understand exactly what his goal is. We don't know what he's trying to achieve, what the goal in the scene is so that we can tell if he succeeded or not. We just have to go off the, the reactions and the lines of dialogue after he's failed <laughs> that he's failed. There's nothing for us to hook into as an audience and actually, like, understand as the scene's progressing that it's actually building up to a success or a failure. I thought he was trying to, like, see if he can not hack into his own brain. That comes up later. But, like, see if he can find an encryption or something in his... in in the data that was downloaded to him. Because he does, like, jack in (laughs) to... uh, (laughs) That's a Lawnmower Man 2 reference, but... He does like uh, get a little piece that you know attaches behind his ear. No, this this they say Jack in in this. Okay. Later, later on, Ice T tells him to Jack in. Yeah. Nice. The phrase is used. Jack in, Jack off. What's the difference? Um, <laughs> so Pink that's not everywhere. That's a lot more man to uh, line. Just in case anyone wants to know where that came from, I didn't think of that comic piece of genius. Uh, no, I mean, I think technically if you go back and listen to every word and really, like, decipher it, you can t- they can figure out what he's doing in the scene. But it's not set up in a way where you just, like, get the goal and you understand it in a, a broad sense. Like, like, there's so many, so much little jargon just thrown out that, uh, yeah, the cat's interfering, very good. Uh, there's so much little jargon that's just sort of thrown out so quick that the movie just keeps going without actually making us care about what they're doing in any given scene. And this is just a really great example of it, I think, because this was one of the first times in the movie where I'm just like, okay, you're doing stuff. I don't really know what your goal is right now, but it's meant to be high-tech and fancy, so I guess I'm oohing and ahhing in the audience. (laughs) It is a chance for it to show off its special effects. Which they shouldn't want to. (laughs) They should be hiding. They should be ashamed of these special effects. For the time, it was good. No, much like Lawnmower Man, it doesn't matter like the justification for it. The effects inside cyberspace look are just they're, they're ugly. Like it's it's not about mm-hmm. them not being technically advanced to a later you know time period or whatever. They just look ugly on the eye. <laughs> Maybe it should have been black and white, like the director originally wanted. No. I'll update you. I'll I'll let you know how I feel about it. I don't care. Mm. I really do not care. That's so sad. <laughs> I cannot give a shit. 
how the black and white version changes anything. Yeah, honestly, it's hard to parse out in my head because it's after this they go to someone she knows because she starts having like convulsions and she's like, uh, she's yeah, sick. She's spider. Yeah. She, she's got the thing. So they go to this doctor guy named Spider who is like a doctor, but he also specializes in like the tech side of things as well because he, he, he was, I thought this actor was terrible too. Like, again. Oh no, I liked him. Oh no, like he was, he was over like doing every single line and again i don't know if it's like the actor's bad tony, or if it's is just it tony roland rollins uh henry rollins henry rollins yeah i yeah. don't necessarily think the actor himself is bad per se much like i like keanu and other things this guy's probably fine and other stuff but he is just hamming up here something fierce uh he's he's, he's overdoing every single line um he's, he's like he, it's like every line has to be the most intense it can be there's no like variance he's just intense with every line when he's talking to keanu it's really weird and then they go to like a hospital like an underground hospital system uh mm-hmm. where they they check up on like keanu's brain or something it's like ah you, like these are the options we could take it out but it'll probably turn you into a vegetable um so but they know what it is at this point also they figured out that it's the cure for everything and that and that's the other thing this actually may be a good character moment for keanu if he's if if he's faced with this choice of do i risk myself effectively dying if not Mm -hmm. actually dying for billions of people who will benefit from this cure like it'd be interesting to see him actually weigh that up and maybe feel conflicted about it but he says no way (laughs) he's like no not a chance I gotta keep my brain. So likable. He's <laughs> such a great character. Well, I mean, the other characters bring it up. Like, this is not just about you anymore. Like, I I know we everybody wants does. to save you, of course. Exactly. Can, but, but he like, doesn't react to it, though. When they tell him to this, he just keeps the same stoic face and nothing, like, cha- like you don't get the, the like, the, the hit in there of, like, he finally always feels something because they said that. He's just determined to find another way. <laughs> He's the plank of what the internet said he was and. 2002. <laughs> That's not very nice. <laughs> there are some roles that he is perfect for. Like, I agree. I, I, like there the is. Matrix, John Wick, uh, Point Break, <laughs> and probably Bill and Ted, though I've never seen those movies. I mean, I like Speed. I mean, I, that, you know. Speed is great. Oh, yeah. yeah. Speed, Point Break... John Wick, you know. I'm not really into Point Break, but yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's such a cool movie. Do you know what? I'm not saying it's as bad as this, but I think the fact that I saw the first Fast and the Furious movie first, and it's the exact same plot, just with like speed, uh, with like street racing instead of uh, surfing. Yeah, but that that movie sucks. Yeah, but it's the same plot. <laughs> so when I saw Point Break, all all I could think was, this is this is just Fast and the Furious with surfing. <laughs> It's the exact same plot. <laughs> Undercover cop, you know, goes into this group. I am an FBI <laughs> agent. My favorite is uh, when I watched it on TV on like TNT, uh, and it was edited because they do that in wherever mm. <laughs> I think California is uh, when I saw it, and uh, but they always dub the editing, so like they'll edit out the cuss words and they'll put in something else. And before he's about to, like, jump off the plane without a parachute, he clearly yells, you know, the F word. But they dub in, 
let's do this. <laughs> Instead, it's so ridiculous. Because <laughs> you can see him mouthing just one, d one syllable. Don't get me wrong, though. I'm saying I don't like Point Break that much. Point Break is not a trash movie like this is. But, you know, Point Break's still a real movie. It's Catherine Bigelow directed, you know, it, you know, it still functions as a real movie. There is a big difference between- I would say between... Point Break is better than Johnny Mnemonic. <laughs> you so should... we're in agreement. Yeah, but you... <laughs> yeah, but when you say that, it's like you have to say that. You have to clarify it because people may actually think you like them both equally. <laughs> <laughs> And that's the that's the problem here, Tara. That's that's the that's that's the conundrum we're all having. Look, I, I am what I am. Delusional? <laughs> Maybe. I, Crazy I saw movie? a good movie, and you didn't apparently. So one you of us is delusional. <laughs> you did not see a good movie. <laughs> You're seeing things that aren't aren't there. I'm, I'm, I'm sure of it. Um. So yeah, I mean, honestly, it's around this time where, I mean, Dr. Da Guy dies around here uh, when the Yakuza, or I don't know, maybe it's Dolph Lundgren who shows up, whoever shows up in the scene. Uh, but from from here, like, I got really confused because, like, he start like, Johnny starts seeing, like, this, like, woman in his head, right? That's not really introduced properly, and it wasn't until I sort of, like, looked it up after that it was like, oh, it's an AI in his head mm -hmm. that's trying to help him. Um, and I'm like, I, I thought it was his mother. Because cause they said up early on that his mother, like, he couldn't remember his parents. And I, and they said, oh, maybe there's, like, fragments still existing, like, some residual memories. And I was thinking, oh, maybe he's, he's, this is his mother in his head talking to him. But that's what I thought it was until I looked it up. I was like, oh, it's just an AI, okay. For, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, it would be odd if it was his mother just because the AI doesn't just talk to Johnny. No, I uh, eventually talks to someone else, yeah. But uh, I was confused as to who she was as well. and But it does explain it at the end. Mm. Confusing mess. It's a good way of summing up this movie. That part was definitely confusing. I mean, a lot of it is. It, and it's not even confusing. Like, it's not like it's like overly complex necessarily. It's just confusingly told. And things aren't really conveyed to the audience properly, like I said. So... Um, but anyway, so so after this, they, they you know they end up. He makes another call uh, to. He thinks he's talking to the the company Pharma Bits or PharmaCon or whatever they're called, and to to exchange the data for like safe removal and and whatnot. But he's actually talking to Beat Takeshi, who's using like a a technology. Like he's got like a deep fake. <laughs> thing going on <laughs> to talk to him over the video phone um so the big climax of the movie takes place where ice t's group all live which is on this like bridge one of the famous bridges probably from new jersey to uh new york new york yeah i, I assume that's what the bridge is supposed to be but it's like part partly Maybe you know brooklyn bridge uh, there are, there, there's a lot of bridges aren't there? isn't that wasn't that one of the movies that came out with chadwick boseman yeah, oh yeah, bridges. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, but they specifically said they were in New York, so I'm assuming it's like one of the Jersey bridges specifically. Yeah. Whereas Brooklyn Bridge, I would say, is a New York specific bridge. Hmm. But you know, what, what the hell did I know about the the map of the Greater New York area? There. Yeah, yeah I'm supposed to go this year, but yeah, plans changed. I feel like I've learned most of what I know about uh, 
New York's map from the Spider-Man video game. <laughs> yeah. Like, like now I know where Hell's Kitchen is on the the. But we don't get to go to the um, to the bridges in that game. No, we don't because we're all just in like Manhattan. But still, yeah, it, it, it's fun though because like now I'm like, oh, so when they say Upper West Side, like I know where that is now, roughly. I love that game that it gives you the option of fast travel, and you're like, why would anyone fast travel in Spider-Man? Absolutely. It's too, it's too much fun. <laughs> fast travel is just picking up more speed when you're in the air. That said, though, the PS5 version loads so quick that it does save a lot of time. Like, you literally just go blink, and then you're there. Yeah, I still... I mean, that's the best part of the game, is to fly around. Sure, sure, yeah. I mean, it's fair. But, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I... I... There's, there's like a really silly bit here when they get to this bridge where like the two idiots who work for ice T like drop a car mm-hmm. from well, the bridge killed, right oh you mean later uh, or earlier yeah yeah no they get killed later but they drop a car like bef- before they go up and see ice T there's like a scene where the car comes down and explodes and then Johnny starts like yelling and this is like one of his worst acting moments in the whole movie he starts basically getting frustrated and yelling everything he wants in life he wants to be successful he wants to live in a fancy place he wants a ten thousand dollar per night hooker it's a very expensive hooker (laughs) he wants all the best money can buy here's a question though that's that sounds like something that's out of his reach how much was the hooker at the start of the movie because she looked pretty upper class as far as hookers go oh yeah she definitely looked like full-on celebrity escort yeah so like if, if that's like you know let's say she's a thousand dollar a night i don't know i don't know what this weird alternate 2021 economy's like but like what's a ten thousand like an actual celebrity is it is this this movie's the university's version of only fans they're just straight out they're just they'll straight up just be escorts like the celebrities i mean the times are rough it's like cameo but with sex <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe I like this world you're building <laughs> expanding on the world that's given to us in the movie it's good I don't appreciate your tone <laughs> why? <laughs> because you're trying to pretend that this movie is, has given us something to build on <laughs> Your 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 agenda here is to pretend that this isn't a complete dumpster fire, <laughs> and I there don't. There were definitely dumpster fires in the movie, though. There was. Yeah. Well, they couldn't afford any actual like production design that showed it was the future, so we got barrels with fire in like Love rundown it. areas. Yep. <laughs> Flaming cars being dropped from the sky. Yeah. So anyway, he's up to Ice T's place. He's got a dolphin with like a headset on. <laughs> Which yeah. Keanu keeps calling him a fish, and I'm like, it's a, just call it a dolphin. Like, I mean, fish, obviously they want the joke so someone can correct him and say it's a mammal, but like... Well, just... who corrects him? The mammal. The actual dolphin is the one that corrects him. I, I with Microsoft Sam. Yes, I... Uh, yes. But, you know, whatever. Anyway, the dolphin can help extract the things, but obviously before that happens, we have to have a big fight with every villain that we've got. So beat Takeshi... Uh, laser whip yakuza guy uh jesus dolph lundgren all show up there's like i will say i like how dolph lundgren dies because he gets burned alive and it does actually look quite funny the way like his entire yeah Yeah. he just completely burns uh would you love his his uh his knife that's a cross with jesus on it 
but then if you keep going down the cross, it's a blade. I kind of liked his character in a sort of bad movie way, just because when he showed up and he's got his, like, robe on, he just puts his hand, he's got the beard and the long hair, he puts his hands out and goes, come to Jesus, in Dolph Lundgren's yeah. voice. And I thought that was funny. I thought he was great in the movie. Like, he was really fun and but he doesn't... hamming it up, but I... I... I just thought it was so it was so fun. Look, if you if you give me a movie about his character, which is a he's credited as a street preacher as his title, right? Yeah, it, he's actually second build on IMDb, which you know props to him. <laughs> but like, <laughs> they know what people are watching for. <laughs> but like, if they actually designed a movie, like not necessarily based around him, but fit the tone that he belongs in, I might enjoy it as a fun stupid movie, right? He feels like he's out of place in the tone that this movie's actually trying to achieve. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's just, he's got a shtick, um, which is the Jesus stuff. I like that he has, there's like virtual church that people call into in order to get his services, but his services are for murder because <laughs> he is the wrath of, of God. He's a hit man. He's a hit man who, you know, pretends that he's... He, he actually could be a John Wick villain, honestly. Mm. Also a prediction. Actually, there's a movie in '95. I haven't seen it. As I think it's in the middle of the movie, but like Keanu, like does a couple of quick punches and kicks to someone, and like kicks him out a door, and mm. it looks so shit. <laughs> like it, it was just this flat wide shot. Clearly, didn't have like a proper like choreographer, like actually like train any. Like you know, it's not a martial arts move like John Wick. It's just like mm -hmm. it's like really generic like this is what an action scene on an 80s tv show would be where they just quickly have the actor do a couple of punches and kicks and that's it over uh it kind of felt well, like Johnny that mnemonic's not meant to be a fighter you know he's just meant to be a courier he's yeah. meant to give up parts of his brain and make money off of it yeah but it looked bad in a movie sense though is what i'm saying it, it looked mm. really it, it looked like a couple of actors going through a couple of emotions as opposed to someone who's just a, just a few more years he'd get so much better <laughs> well yeah after all that matrix training sure but like it, it looked like actors struggling to pretend to fight as opposed to a character who's not meant to be good at fighting mm. okay <laughs> i mean they probably blew all their budget on the sets no they didn't no the sets look like shit what are you talking about <laughs> it's just old computers and like wires and rundown buildings it's, it's, this is like direct to video cheap set city oh, I thought they looked kind of cool just the walls of walls of like monitors and or TV monitors and stuff I, like that I don't know I like the old future look this is 90s future no I like retro future retro future though is something that's a bit more designed like alien or I mean I was in retro future when they did it obviously because they were doing what yeah, of course this is what we predict but the future is going to look like and you know they inevitably get stuff wrong and i love that and but, i really love it when they get stuff right but this is less design and more just what can we do for cheap and that can work to a point but i can't believe i'm going to say this lawnmower man 2 had a better sense of a futuristic world than this did and lawnmower <laughs> man 2 was technically set present day in 1996 yeah but lawnmower man to also just like completely ruins the first movie which had like a different ending and stuff like that so it's not consistent to the world that it's built it's just like let's just make a different world completely that's true no, that's, that, that is a valid complaint as a sequel but like i'm just going to say it lawnmower man 2 is actually a better movie than joy and the monarch really 
It's not good. It's a bad dash movie. I hate it. But <laughs> it was better than this. Can't remember what you think you. Okay, I think I remember what you rated that. <laughs> I wow. gave I gave that a three if I recall correctly. Well, come edit that out. We want people to pay for the Patreon. <laughs> yeah, but they didn't hear the reasons. There's a lot of good reasons for, for that for that movie. Uh, we gave them a tease of one of the bad jokes on it. There's a, there's a lot more to come. Um, well, yeah. Um, bye. So so laser whip guy has a big fight with Keanu and they end up dangling from like a shipping container off the end of this bridge and Keanu basically turns on his whip thing so it like decapitates laser whip guy's own head and he falls to his death. So that's that. This is after he's already shot uh, his boss in the back and his boss now hearing that the data that's there is the cure for the, the thing that killed his daughter gives Keanu the other half of the cipher because back when the start of the movie when they, they first came in and attacked him they split the, the three images that would unlock the data safely in half and the Yakuza had the other half and the old man just before he dies like hands him the half and said, he's like do it <laughs> like yeah. you know save the world do it so beat Takeshi anyway. honestly beat Takeshi ends up being the most sympathetic character in the whole movie because he, he's the only one who actually has an arc he's the only one well Keanu is going to settle with, uh, with uh, Dina Meyer instead of like his $10,000 night hookers that's kind of an arc oh what growth what growth I'll have this beautiful woman who actually wants me rather than a hooker <laughs> who wants nothing to do with me <laughs> and it's going to cost ten grand a night. That's a very expensive lifestyle. Uh, assuming he's in the mood every night, <laughs> maybe I'll take that day off. Maybe maybe Sundays are quiet nights. But, I mean, this is young Keanu, probably. <laughs> um, but no, like B. Takeshi's character, he is kind of a villain, although he's very undercooked because we, we we hardly see any of him. To be honest, we see not we, like Dolph. We see him at his desk a few times throughout the movie. Um, but, you know, he does have a change where he hears what the, the the date is and he makes a choice to do something good instead. Actually, the only decision that a character makes in this whole movie that I found likable. So, props to beat Takeshi. <laughs> Here you go. There's your arc. <laughs> For one character who has, like, a combined maybe eight minutes, well, not even that, probably like five minutes of screen time combined. Mm-hmm. Not a lot. It's definitely not a lot. Uh, so yes. So after all the action's done, uh, he, he straps on the VR headset. Um, but I think that was maybe a bit of VR before as well, because I think that's when he's like f- he's making the digital copy of himself because there's like a firewall or something, and you'll understand what's happening because Ice T's explaining it all as it's happening. Because otherwise, it would make no sense. It's, it's just a it's a blob mess of pixels, and there's like a almost kind of human shaped. Like yeah, version this, of Keanu. This is where he gets the end of uh, of Lawnmower Man. This is actually the scene that I remember watching when I was a kid. Uh huh. Yes. I remember this this digital effects and going that looks bad. Oh, it looks horrendous. <laughs> this is uh, it's... it looks like Lawnmower Man. Like the, the stuff... end of that where they try to give yeah. him a face and stuff in the virtual reality. That's the stuff nightmares are made of. Quite frankly, uh... <laughs> he's very cil- cylindrical. Yeah. So basically, as he's doing this, they're also broadcasting the data that comes out of him, so it gets broadcast to the world, so that everyone knows there's a cure. And then the movie ends with a horrible green screen shot of like for some somehow for some reason the the headquarters like sky rise of this company is on fire at the end, and I don't know why. People, the people are protesting. That's what AST says. He said the people are basically taking 
the power into their own hands to say we're going to eradicate evil and because they're oh. you know, trying to withhold the uh, the cure from us. It's uh, nice for them to tell us that and not show us it, isn't it? Well, they did show. They showed the building on fire. The top of a skyscraper. How did the rioters set the top of a skyscraper on fire? I don't know. Within, within, but it, within but it five minutes. Within five minutes, no less. Well, the people are angry. Bullshit. <laughs> There's also a scare that Keanu may have died for like a second uh, when the VR headset comes off, but he's fine. He's, he gets up. Yeah, he, he's he, all right. He has a memory of his childhood with his mother and his like, brother or whatever, and he's like, oh. And then him and Dana Meyer look out of the city, which is a horrible green screen shot, and we go to the credits. And this dreadful experience comes to an end. This dreadful, unlikable, cold, just unpleasant atmosphere with no one to root for, no ideas to root for. Well, I think you can root for Johnny after he gets his memories back because that's when he kisses Dana Myers and Dana Myers and is like, Maybe it's the movie's trying to say like now that you need to have your childhood memory in order for you to be a, a decent person and not be so selfish. <clears throat> that is being very generous to this movie to suggest that that's what it's saying. <laughs> well, I don't know. Like that's the thing that he longed for, and that was the thing that was missing. And then you know his character kind of changes after the experience. Honestly, so. this this idea that a character like really wants like he's he's not got amnesia per se because he still remembers who he is, but he doesn't remember anything bef- you know any of his childhood. But the idea that he's longing to have that back that's actually quite an interesting motivation for a character. I don't think this movie actually really leans on it that much, or even really talks about how it affects him. Like. Yeah, the movie you're describing here where there's a character who's kind of cold because he's missing that part of his life and he doesn't really get to be who he's supposed to be until he can remember who he is properly. That's actually quite an interesting character journey for me. I don't think this movie... This movie doesn't explore it, though. This movie is just him in set piece after set piece with each new group of character or villain that he encounters until we have this mostly unfulfilling... Couple of fun moments with Dolph Lundgren aside. Ending... And then the movie's over. By the way, it gets microwaved to death by the by the dolphin. It's, it's a good death. You said it was a good death, but I don't know if you said how it happened. So. But it gets electrocuted. With the microwave. They said it was microwave. Yeah, but so he's you, not... You watch he, him cook. Yeah, but he's not in like a box, though. He's just like hitting some wires and... Yeah, it's like a dish that they can, you know, point at him. Yeah. Um. And he gets cooked. Ah, he's basically just on fire. That's, that's what it looks mm-hmm. like. There's a tease that he, at the end that he might be coming back to life, and I'm like, no way. No way. That would make this movie a 10 out of 10. <sighs> well, yeah, I think, I think <laughs> what you say is a tease he's coming back to life. I think what you have to emphasize here is that after he's burned, he's literally like this. He's not even like a... It's not Dolph Lundgren anymore. It's just like a puppet of like this yeah. charred body. And then like, the head and hands start to like sort of rise up, and you think he may be alive again. And then it's all just like a joke slash fake out because what it actually is is two of Ice T's guys are just lifting him up on a crane to move the body away, mm-hmm. and that's all it is. And they throw it off the bridge. Yeah, but that's the, that's that's why it's funny though. Is that it's not just the it's not like movie burned where he's got a little bit of like a charred look in his face. Like he is like a a husk. He's just like a like all his skin's okay. gone. He's just yeah. like a black and red like. <laughs> There's absolutely burnt no way. Meat. Right? That's all he has. He's just burnt meat at the end. Yeah. Yeah. So and bone. All right. Yeah. I'm done. I don't have anything else to say. This movie's absolute garbage. <laughs> oh, okay. 
I don't even have fun making fun of it because you were just arguing with everything I said. You just kept trying to pretend it was good. I I don't know, man. I don't think it's as bad as you're saying it is. I think it's actually and yet, kind of a cool world and a fun <laughs> look at the future um, with some great characters. And yet, I don't recall a single piece of evidence to suggest why anything I said was incorrect. <laughs> Not one. No one. Not not like you. You're saying maybe why you kind of enjoyed it. I feel it, like I feel like we but, watched two different movies. Then. But not a single shred of evidence why like you know a piece of character motivation works or why uh, anything works. I don't know. You've given me nothing. If you say so, I feel like I've given a lot here. Like, I don't, I don't want to be mean and just say Tara was wrong. But Tara was wrong. Okay. <laughs> you already said that earlier. It bears repeating in this instance. <laughs> you think people will laugh the second time? <laughs> I think they will. They'll have a good callback, right? Real threes. When I say it again at the end, they're going to love it that time. <laughs> Everyone was just going to... Pause the podcast and start clapping. <laughs> I, I, I I really can't emphasize just how miserable I was watching this. This was not good. Everything about it, the way it looked, the way it felt, the performance right from the first like minute of screen time, it gave me a vibe that I just thought was unpleasant. And I, I really can't emphasize that enough. Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, I think it's, I think it's pretty fun. I guess we'll get into ratings, but I'm not going to go too high on the rating. Um, and if that's okay, if I you, if I can go to my rating. Yes, your credibility is in the mud as it is. So yeah, I would I would recommend not going too high on the rating. Well, yeah, I think there are some things that keep it from being a great movie, but um, I do like <laughs> the I do like the cyberpunk future from the '90s when everyone's afraid of like this new technology called the internet. And I don't know, I guess maybe a little nostalgia for that kind of thing. I think uh, Dolph Lundgren is from a different movie, but I love that he's in it because his character is awesome. Um, I like the uh, the Yakuza guy with the with the um, the the it's like a lightsaber, but it's also a <laughs> just a string <laughs> used for choking, and it just cuts through people's heads. Like that's a cool. It's a it's a cool villain. Like this movie's kind of full of cool villains, and um, I think the there's too many. The That's part of the problem. Think, oh, there's like three. It's not that many. <laughs> a lot of people want what's in Keanu's brain. They're, they're not. And, they don't, uh, they're not set up properly. They don't like. There's no build up to like Dolph. Really, it's just it's like you know like the other villains disappear and show back up. I don't know. It's I don't, it's a mess. I think it's okay to not have so much cynicism in your heart when you watch a movie like. This. And I'm going to give it a 6.5. 6.5. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that the black and white one, you know, bumps it up. First of all, the line that set me off at the start of your, like, ramble there was, uh, there's a few things keeping this from being a great movie. <laughs> I've, like, it's teetering. Like, it's even teetering anywhere close to great. This movie is a 2.5 out of 10. It is garbage it is exactly the sort of garbage that i hate from this era in particular of hollywood um i i, I think it's a nasty little film that is completely unlikable um there's this it's funny you say that i'm being cynical i think there's a cynicism to this movie 
it feels like just a bunch of cyberpunk concepts were just put in a blender and some crappy script was churned I don't out. No, this feels like a passion project to me. Well, I hope he I got mean, it's a one. It's a one-time director. Yeah, I hope he got a lot out of it because that, that was his career. <laughs> yeah, like he was done yeah. after this. Exactly. <laughs> well, it sounds like he had some issues with the production team, like wanting something else versus his image. You know, his his vision, I should say. I'm not convinced if his vision would have been better or worse. It would have probably been more interesting to watch just to see what his movie is, if it was completely his, but... Mm. We'd, we'd have probably been entering into some sort of, like, borderline Neil Breen territory, <laughs> I think, if he Ooh. was given full reign. We can only hope, right? <laughs> That's a real uh... artist. Oh god! And he's making a new movie. Like we we have ended this ninety season on the lowest of lows. Like I knew this movie was meant to be bad. I'd heard it was bad for years. I'd heard it been made fun of for years. I was not prepared for just how thoroughly depressing it was going to be to watch. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I feel sorry that you watched a movie that was bad. Because yeah, I didn't. There's that tone again. <laughs> the truth is that the, the truth is that the tone that you're i don't know what's worse me coming off sounding like a know-it-all because i'm just saying you're wrong <laughs> this is terrible or you coming <laughs> off with this weird like oh peter you, you misunderstood you don't understand I don't, I don't understand like why you insist that i that i secretly think this movie's crap and i'm just pretending to like it or pretending that it's good you did this with Moonfall also. I'm like, no, I genuinely like these movies. <laughs> because it's the only way the world makes sense, Tara. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What are we doing next time? Uh, Avatar, I think. We're doing Avatar. Oh, wow. That's a big one. Yeah, Avatar 2 is coming out soon. Uh, we've done it on the first one, so... I got my tickets. So it's time to uh, delve into uh, Pandora and... Uh, Finally, once again, a James Cameron film because uh, a James Cameron, a James Cameron film. <laughs> James Cameron, James Cameron. Yeah, we've done Terminator One and Two. We've done Aliens. Uh, this will be Avatar. Obviously, we're still waiting on a good version of the Abyss so we can watch it again and do that. But you know, so not a bad version. No, no, no. We're waiting. I'm waiting. I've waited too long at this point. I'm waiting for that 4K remaster of the Abyss. Come on, come on, Jimbo. I believe in you. <clears throat> you know, when I was a kid, I loved the name Jimbo so much. I named all of my stuffed animals Jimbo. They all had the same name. Because the name made me laugh. Named all of her stuffed animals Jimbo, likes Johnny Mnemonic. This truly <laughs> is going to be the backstory on an episode of FBI Files one day. What? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that show is. <laughs> so it's about serial killers, Tara. You think I'm going to be a serial killer? That's what I'm getting at, yeah. What? I'm, clearly I'm the victim. No, you're a, you're a psychopath. You're clearly a psychopath. And all these bits and pieces are all evidence for your weird, warped state of mind. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get you, man. going to be a special episode called Dames Who Decapitate. <laughs> no. I'll blame it on horror movies and video games. 
they told me to do it. The the Tara of t- Tara. <laughs> nice. That sounds all. That sounded so hard for you to say. It was hard to say. <laughs> it's really hard to change Tara to Tara. Hmm. Oh no! They'll call it Tara Fire. Boom! Done it. <laughs> Nailed it. Nice. Nailed it in one. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. Well, there you go. That's the, that's the show. Let us know what you think of Giant Mnemonic in the comments. And do you know what? There's going to be a couple of weirdos who are on your side, and they're going to, like, finally, someone said it. It got a Blu ray release this year, a new version of it. There's definitely fans out there. Man, what's the hands of fate got a Blu ray release? What's your point? Really? I need to get my hands on that. Too. <laughs> My hands of fate on that. I feel like you're just making proving my point for me right now with, with that reaction. <laughs> that is a hard one to sit through without Mystery Science Theater helping you. Oh dear. Uh, yes, uh, you can like, subscribe, down the bell for notifications. All those things help us out a lot. Uh, and of course, you can support us with patreon.com slash TV and supporting us uh, for as little as $3 per month to get the bonus episode. Uh, why don't you mm-hmm. tell them about the bonus episode and the other main bonus they can get at the $5 tier tower? Yeah, so as previously stated, we just did the Lawnmower Man 2. Uh, was Lawnmower Man also a, pa- a Patreon exclusive? It was, one? yeah. That was also a bonus. It seems like it would be big enough to not be a bonus, but if you want our thoughts on Lawnmower Man, the franchise, uh, it's on Patreon now at the $3 tier. And uh, we also have a- another show called Meltdown, Ace Meltdown. Get it? Because it's atomic, and we are melting down by going over <laughs> all the movies that we've watched that aren't sci-fi just like you know other films that we've enjoyed or not enjoyed and we've watched throughout the month and um also share stories about big things that happened and you get to know us a little better and we quiz each other on science fiction movie knowledge yeah so it's a fun, fun time sci-fi movie quizzes so that's the thing uh i'm just glad you got the title of the show right that time to be honest like this well, that's where I'm at. Yeah, <laughs> I, I did. I mean, I felt bad because you clearly have not had a good night. So <laughs> I thought I'd do one thing right for you. Oh, you're too kind. Too kind. This is before Tara the Terrible started her reign of well terror. It's <laughs> alliteration there. Uh, um. There you go. That's been the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I'll just also take this time to thank our Patreon producers for the month. So thank you to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Short, Board Now, Christopher Moy, David Brown, Al Treisman, and Alison M. Fordyce uh, for supporting the show. Thank you to all our patrons for supporting the show, and thanks to everyone who just watches the show uh, or listens to it on a podcast feed, uh, wherever you get the show. Thank you very much. We always appreciate it. Keep watching science fiction movies and computer at Salsa.